0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. This week on The Caught Looking Show, we'll be discussing fantasy heroes so far, the second edition of the power rankings, top three worst contracts, the contenders and the pretenders, and Ken Rosenthal's controversial robot umpires report. <laughs>
1: Yes, we need this. The best is here to come in. Yes, we need this. Let go of my echo while I flex my to like number, ask my Dino.
0: Alright, welcome back. We're just gonna jump right into the show here. First topic of the day. New segment we're calling Contenders and Pretenders. So the segments we're gonna go, we're gonna list a bunch of teams. We're gonna go around the room and See if everyone thinks it's either a contender or a pretender. First team on the list, the Seattle Mariners. So the Seattle Mariners have been great to start. They've had a good lineup, good year so far. And uh, Mark, contender or pretender?
2: I have them as a pretender because I don't think that they have the depth in their pitching staff in order to really make a run. And you have Robinson Cano will not be able to play in the playoffs, so even if by chance they get there, his suspension gets him null for the playoffs, so he won't be there. And the, their injury history uh, combined with, again, their lack of pitching staff, their bullpen's not great. I mean, they added Colombe, uh, Colombe, uh and Diaz is good, but I just don't see it happening this year for them.
3: Yeah, uh, the bigger problem isn't uh, them making the playoffs. I think they're capable of making the playoffs, so I would put them as a contender uh, in that regard. I don't think that they're able to win the World Series because of the absence of Robinson Cano, along with their pitching rotation, like you said, Mark. Uh, I also have a problem with uh, Ryan Healy and Mitch Haniger. I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up this production. Uh, Mitch Hanniger's having a career year by every standard. Uh, and they, have, they also play in a very tough division. The Angels haven't been bad this year, uh, and the Astros are a very good team. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, Seattle, to me, is an absolute pretender. They have they're on a hot streak for the past 50 games maybe but you know they have a plus 13 run differential for the entire year that's terrible compared to the Houston Astros who has a one a 125 run differential these guys are an absolute pretender team they have I think they have no chance I don't even think they'll make the playoffs because the AL is just so stacked.
2: Uh, and to add to that, you have even. If- they do make the playoffs. It's going to be as a wild card, and then you run into the Yankees or the Red Sox. You're not; they're not getting past them.
0: And I mean, King Felix versus Severino. Severino
2: or or Sale.
0: Yeah, or Sale. I mean,
3: I'll tell you what: if James Paxton pitches how he's been pitching, he's their number one. And then their lineup, minus Robinson Cano, I'm not going to say they're going to win because I don't think they could win that game. But if they're put in that position, we've seen the playoffs before. The playoffs are crazy. The Yankees did it last year. There's no real. There's no real problem with the Mariners not being able to do it this year. Uh, I don't think they're going to get to that game. But if they do, and they pitch packs in that game, he's capable of having 16 strikeouts throwing a complete game. So they could win that game.
0: Yeah, I agree. But Seattle, still in my pretender column. We'll see if they can score more runs. Second team, Milwaukee Brewers. They've had a great year so far. We've talked about them a little uh, on last episode. But this time, Mark, contender or pretender?
2: Uh, Definitely, definitely contender. Last year, you looked at it. They were, they were a pretender last year, but they were a pretender that they kind of remind me of the Phillies because I have the Phillies as as a pretender as well. We'll get into that later, but um, I think that their bullpen's great. I think their offense is amazing with the, their outfield is great. Uh, pitching staff could use some work, but if they win that division, anything could happen in the playoffs. You see, it's a bullpen. You know, the playoffs have become all about bullpens now. So they have the best bullpen in the MLB right now. So I don't see why they can't win it.
3: The Brewers' fourth-best pitcher right now is Matt Fatass Albers, and he has a sub-1.5 ERA right now. 1.5. So if you would say that Matt Albers is going to be their fourth-best pitcher with a 1.53 ERA, and then you have Jim Jeffries, and you have Corey Kniebel, and Josh Hader, that, that's a real bullpen. I do not think that there's any chance – that Matt Albers, being who he is, has any chance of putting up that one for the whole year. But if he does, the Brew Crew is an insane team, and they could absolutely win that division from the Cubs.
0: So, Joe, pretender or contender? Contender, no doubt. I mean, I had the Brewers in my contender column, but Matt Albers, I mean, I hate this guy. Without, I'm moving to pretenders. I hate Matt Albers. He stinks. He's a, he's a pretender. They're pretenders, and I've had enough, and there's no way I'm keeping him my contender calm.
3: Matt Albers is himself pretending to be good, and there's no chance that he's actually good. I guarantee you that.
0: Anyone listening at home, look at Matt Albers as worth nothing.
3: I hate him. He's terrible. He makes the Brewers worse. He's actually fatter than Bartolo Colon. I'm not joking. He's Legitimately, his weight is listed as fatter than Bartolo Colon. So if you think Bartolo Colon's fat, go look in the Brewer's bullpen and see a, a chunky guy. You thought the pre- Brewer's bullpen officially pretenders. You heard it here. We all saw right. that
0: coming. Third team, a team that shocked us all, no doubt. Uh, they lead the NL East by one game, and uh, the Atlanta Braves. Joe, I want to hear from you first. As a fellow NL East fan, what do you think, Braves pretenders or contenders?
3: Yeah, well, Kyle, you and me have watched the Braves a lot this year because of the Nationals and the Mets. Uh, you know, we watch all the games, but we really tone in on the NL East. And these guys are the real deal. What I'm worried about with them is Nick Markakis and Ender Inciarte. Ender Inciarte has 18 stolen bases on the year so far. That's a lot, even for him. Uh, Nick Markakis is hitting in the stratosphere right now. They're four-hitter. That worries me more than anything. I know they're going to get a kunaback, back, and I think he's capable of hitting in the four spot. But Ozzy Albie's man, I mean, come on, what the hell is going on with Ozzy Albie's? He is insane. He's gonna—he might win Rookie of the Year. And there are some ridiculous candidates this year early on. The Braves might be contenders. They have to get a pitcher at the deadline. I would look for them to get someone like Strowman. Uh, he's under contract for a little bit more years, but I mean, he's struggling in Toronto and he needs to change the scenery. Uh, he needs to get off the
2: DL first, but he
3: needs to change the scenery. And I—I uh, I would look for the Braves to get a pitcher at the deadline. I think they're definitely contenders.
0: Mark?
2: Uh, I, I agree, contenders, for everything you just said. I mean, you offense looks great. They're young. I think – I don't know if they can win the World Series this year, but I'm definitely not going to discard it, especially after you see what they've done so far. I think they have veteran leadership. They have Freddie Freeman, who's – I mean, you didn't even mention him, but he's, you know, MVP candidate. He could win. He could very well be the MVP if they Good keep point. this up. Um you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good things going on in Atlanta, and they have the best farm system, so they, they have the assets to trade if they want to make the run. You know, it, it'll just be up to management to see if they think they can take the one this year.
0: Yeah, I actually couldn't disagree more with that. The Braves are pretenders through and through. They sucked last year. I don't know why all of a sudden they win a few games and everyone thinks they're good. But, I mean, I, hey, if you guys think they're good, I'm all for it. But I don't think they're, they're not going to win the NL East. The Nationals are going to win the NLEs by at least 10 games and i don't know like in the wild card it's either brewers or the cubs if you think they could beat the brewers or the cubs or the cardinals
3: they could they could beat the, the cubs i they can't beat the brewers uh and i i don't necessarily think that, that you you're completely disregarding the Braves right now this is a new team that this has this lineup is almost at least half their 40 man roster seems to be new right now
0: that's fair all right, we got one more team on the list. And a pretty controversial team. They've been terrible so far this year. Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, these this team is not good. They're 26-30. and 30. Uh, They're four games back in the division after making a World Series appearance last year. So the question may be asked, Joe, pretenders or contenders?
3: They're contenders. They are absolutely contenders. Uh, the only the only team in that division that gives me any worry about the Dodgers taking over that division is the Rockies. The Diamondbacks have fallen off the face of the earth into the depths of hell, and they're they're playing cards with the devil right now. I, I have no idea how they're going to get out of what they're in right now. Uh, Robbie Ray is on the DL, but I mean, come on, they, they suck right now. Uh, the Giants have just not gotten going. It isn't even year, you know, believing, I get it, but I don't think the Giants are even close to what the Dodgers can be. They need to get healthy. Hinjin Ryu is not going to be back till uh, the beginning of July, about maybe the end of June. And uh, Kershaw just went on the DL again, too.
0: Yeah, well, the Dodgers, uh, even without Kershaw, they have the seventh-best ERA in the league. I mean, Ryu was, was hot before he got hurt, but, I mean, do you see Ryu coming back and being as good as he was?
3: Absolutely not. Uh, the Dodgers more than anything, uh, don't need hinjin and Ryu back. They need Cody Bellinger to stop hitting 230, start hitting him for a little bit more power, and they need somebody else like Justin Turner to play. I know he just got back, but they need him to play more, and they need him to more power too.
2: Mark? Uh, that is, they are the easiest, easiest pretender, in my eyes, because injuries and disappointing years from their big players. Kershaw, again, falls in the injury category, even though he was disappointing when he was playing. He had a great ERA, but he wasn't getting the wins. He wasn't doing what they needed him to do. Uh Jansen's been a disappointment. He's got to turn ship around. Um Seeger's out for the year. And <clears throat> Maeda, Ross Stripling, like those guys are not going to be able to keep this up. You you mentioned me. I don't think they're
3: Walker Bueller. All
2: right, Walker Bueller's great, but not I don't know. They don't I don't think they have enough this year. They might be able to squeak in through that division, but if they run into the Nationals, I think the Nationals can beat them. Do you think that they win the division All right. I think the Rockies take it. All right.
0: Moving right along. That was contenders and pretenders. You'll see that in uh, later episodes as well. The second uh, segment we're doing is a little bit of news. So uh, MLB reporter Ken Rosenthal interviewed the MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred for The Athletic. And in this interview, they covered a lot of things. They covered things like uh, the tackiness of baseballs and, and umpiring. And one of the questions that was asked, Rob Manfred gave this answer. Quote, I think we are much closer than we were a year ago to having the technological capability to actually call the strike zone. The accuracy is way up, way better than it was a year ago. The technology continues to move and it actually moved a little bit faster than I may have thought. Now, What he's referring to is actually having, quote, robot umpires to call the strike zone and to basically have 100% accuracy and basically eliminate uh, arguments by coaches to the umpires for making bad calls. Now, this is is a hot-button issue, especially for the guys we have in this room. Some of us think the dead ball era should come back, so we're traditionalists. But the flip side of this issue is if this machine could have 100% accuracy... I mean, how could you not be for it? Umpires having 100% accuracy is what you would strive for. Now, Joe, let me hear your thoughts.
3: Uh, first thought, fuck you, Rob Manfred. I I swear, it's all, all you have done since you've taken over is try to ruin the game, try to ruin the traditions of the game that we love. I can't stand it anymore. Robot umpires, let me tell you the first problem with it. The first problem with it is every single umpire has a different strike zone. And that's part of playing baseball. There's no doubt that... When you play and when you're pitching in the game, you have to feel out umpire strike zone. It takes till the fourth, fifth inning sometimes to actually do that. If there's an automated box, then you completely take out part of the game that's like chess. And that's what part of people love about baseball is the game of chess. Second of all, I'm so tired of this fucking guy, man. The pace of play is one thing. When you try to change the game of baseball, when you limit mound visits and you limit, you try to make the game under two minutes, two hours and thirty minutes. Let me tell you, man, nobody gives a shit besides you about play, about a game lasting more than three hours. I love watching a good old game. I'll see that game go to 15 extra innings, and I have no problem with it. The problem I have is with you, man. I can't stand this. You took over for Bud Selig, and you are trying to throw out the game as soon as it starts to get popular again, and I hate it.
2: Um, I agree with what you said about the umpires, but I think just going off of that, uh, one part of it that I looked at was the way the catcher positions himself. Like you look at a guy like Yadier Molina and, like, and some of those great defensive catchers, the way they line up on the outside of the plate to, to get that outer edge and even a ball that's slightly off the plate, they can make it frame it to be a strike. You are basically depleting the entire point of the catcher by, by doing that. Cause I guess they would just be a glorified game caller at that point. Cause they're, they're not really them receiving the ball. Doesn't matter if, the umpire doesn't call the strike, so you're kind of taking that away. But I think you're a little too hard on Manfred. I think he's – uh, some of his things are good. Like limiting mound visits, you don't need those. You don't need all those mound visits. And I think the game shouldn't be over three hours long. I mean, no one – not very many people want to sit around and watch a three-hour game, you know. It's it's nice to kind of have it move along a little quicker. I don't think pitchers need 45 seconds between pitches. They, they, you get the ball, throw it, let's go.
0: I don't know what else I could say. Joe hit the nail on the head. Fuck Rob. Um, I don't know what else to say. He, he sucks. He's ruining the league. But, I mean, I do see the flip side of the argument. If you could have 100% accuracy, wouldn't you take it? And that's what has to be, you know, talked about. You see players like Bryce Harper. They get... They... I mean, they're attacking umpires for balls that are out of the zone. And they know the strike zone. They know if it's a ball or a strike. In You could say that that's a great part of the game and it's fun, but at the end of the day, you know this guy's getting thrown out of the game and in the eighth inning of a close game, it hurts the team. Robot umpires could potentially be the fix.
3: Uh, If I had one more thing to say about it, I would just ask, I would bring Joe DiMaggio and Babe Ruth back to life, and I'd ask them if uh, they were for Robot Bot Strike Zone 3000. Because think about Joe DiMaggio on 55 hits and something goes wrong with the computer, and you see Robobot 3000 strikeout machine get him out on the outside corner, and there and there it goes. What if that happens modern day? What if we see a Mike Trout, a Mookie Bet, someone on absolute fire get up into that territory, and Robobot strike zone 3000 completely just misses the call because it's a, it's, people think that computers don't make mistakes. Humans make mistakes. So do computers. That's a possibility, and human error is part of the baseball game that we love. <laughs>
0: All right, RoboBot Strike Zone three thousand. <laughs> We're moving on from the hot button issue. Uh, segment number three: the worst contracts in the MLB. I'll go first on this one. So, I there are some really, really, really bad contracts in Major League Baseball. Some general managers have just honestly fucked up. Yeah, they've given these guys millions of dollars to not even play a game not even pitch an inning, or barely hit the ball when they play. Uh, the worst contract in my mind, I have Ian Desmond. So Ian Desmond, Colorado Rockies first baseman slash outfielder slash bench rider, he is being paid $22 million by the Colorado Rockies, okay? This year he's batting 196. That is pitiful. And, and on top of that, he was basically hurt all last year. He barely played. These guys are the Colorado Rockies are playing are paying Ian Desmond to do nothing. That is that tops my list of worst contracts in the league. Mark, what do you got?
2: Well, you want you're thinking right there. Guys, not playing. How about this one? Jacoby Ellsbury has literally not played a game this year, and is I think he got seven years, 140 million something around that. I I don't know the exact numbers, but. It's what about twenty million dollars a year to literally not play, and when he does play, unproductive, bats two forty. The only reason they got him was to get him away from the Red Sox. It, that was it was the Brian Cashman. What are you thinking? Getting Jacoby Ellsbury coming off? I mean, it's terrible, and their outfield's crowded, and they have no spot for him. Like they they got Giancarlo to say, "Fuck you, we don't need you anymore. Like you may as well cut him. It, it, send him out with Hanley. You may as well."
0: I would consider. The signing of Jacoby as Ellsbury to be the biggest blunder of Brian Cashman's career, and he's had a, a lot of winners, Alex Rodriguez, every, like the list, to it. the list goes on and on and on. Brian Cashman will go down as one of the best GMs ever. Rings, whatever you want, whatever you want to judge it by, he's the best. But Jacoby Ellsbury, the biggest blunder by him by far. Joe, who do you got?
3: Well, uh, I know that you guys are going to probably come around and try to hit on my man, David Wright. So I guess we'll save that for a little bit. But um, because I have some stuff to say about that, too. And, you know, my poor broken soul always defend him. But uh, my worst contract in the history of MLB was Jason Hayward. Uh, I know that's a little bit controversial because he's very good on defense. But I would pay no one. Eight years, $184 million to sit in right field, hit 220 for my team, and catch some baseballs when your WAR, when your wins of replacement, is at a little above five, which is, you know, good, not great, and that's just in the outfield. He's a below average hitter. He gets paid so much money to do one specific job, and I hate it. He was supposed to be this big guy. When he was with the Braves, the first career uh, game he ever had, He smashed a grand slam. People were crazy about Jason Hayward, got traded to the Cardinals, had a great year with them, and then signed this gigantic contract. I said at the time, this is one of the worst contracts ever signed. This guy sucks. And he doesn't suck in the field, but his hitting is such a liability that it is not a good contract. It's one of the worst in baseball right now.
0: Yeah, uh, the only thing I have to say to that is that, you know, they won a World Series with the guy. So, I mean, it's hard to justify that it was a bad signing when they win a World Series. any I mean, you could sign a guy for a trillion dollars, but if you win a World Series with him in your lineup, how could you argue it?
3: Well, he was only in the lineup for four games in the World Series. Uh, he got benched for Zobris a couple times, Schwarber a couple times, so, you know, he, he didn't really produce in the World Series at all, nor the playoffs. But yeah, they win a World Series, and he is a Gold Glove candidate. So,
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Yeah, Hayward's a bad signing, but I mean, we do need to talk about David Wright. When was the last when was the last time this guy played a baseball game? Twenty million dollars, and the last time he played a game is two years ago. Where's Bobby Bonilla? Yeah, Bobby Bonilla bad, but he's not playing anymore. Dave, I mean, the Mets have had financial blunders over and over and over again. I mean, <laughs> they they got scanned by Bernie Madoff for fuck's sake. That's I mean that's bad enough, but David Wright's being paid twenty million dollars, hasn't played a game in two years. I remember I went to the All Star game in Citi Field. And I saw him hit home run derby, looked fine. Next year, didn't play a game. The year after that, didn't play a game. 2018 now, not playing baseball. Joe, defend your guy.
3: Well, to defend my guy, uh, the Mets did take out an insurance policy on his contract, which is one of the more important things that the Mets as an organization have ever done. They were able to sign Todd Frazier in the offseason to kind of hit the blunder. They only owe David Wright about $4.5 million this year. They owed him about $6.5 million last year, and that number will go down if David can't play in 2019 or 2020. So the insurance policy they took out on him was a gift from God because, oh my God, we would have been atrocious if we would not have had this uh, insurance policy. The only thing that I have to say about David Wright is he's a captain of the team. There's very few captains. He's beloved by the city of New York uh, in Queens, and... I I really I really root for the guy to come back, even if it means we have to pay him a little bit more money. But that's definitely bias as a Mets fan.
0: All right, those are the worst contracts in the MLB. We're moving on to the fourth segment: a little fantasy baseball coming at you. Fantasy heroes so far this year. Um, Mark, you can start us off. But so, fantasy heroes, basically, who has been running your fantasy teams for the past you know two months? They've been killing it either they've been doing better than expected or they've been exceeding expectations and you knew they were going to be good anyway. Mark, who do you got?
2: Um, so I have two guys actually on, on my own team because, uh, you know, I'm a little bit of a homer. But they've been two guys that have come out of nowhere and been shockingly great. Uh, Josh Hader, who if you haven't listened, you should hear the first episode. He's, he, I love the man. He's, you know, awesome. He's got a 1.09 ERA, .76, or .67 whip, Six saves, sixty six strikeouts. He's got one hundred ninety two points for me. Um, he's just been great, and and it was a buy low. I got him for I, I picked him up off waivers. No one had him. He was you know it was a great acquisition. You know nothing, no complaints about him. And then uh, Miles Michaelus, who uh, is a pitcher for the Cardinals, has a two point five eight, uh, whip is under one hundred seventy one points, and he's six and zero, in. in the Cardinals offense is not that great, so it's it's been him pitching well. It's not just been him getting wins because they're giving him, you know, ten runs of support. It's it's really been a great year from him and Hayter. Those two guys have come out of nowhere to kind of take the fantasy world by storm. It's been really great for me.
3: You guys hear that? Oh, it sounds like a party. Oh, it is. It's the coming out party of Blake Snell, ladies and gentlemen. Seven and three. A 2.56 ERA, the 12th ranked fantasy pitcher. This guy was drafted in most of the 10th round, the 11th round, depending on uh, how good your fantasy league is and where you see it. But this guy has been unstoppable. He's getting consistently 25 points a game minus one start where he got negative nine. Besides that, this guy has been amazing. He's a 2.56 ERA, and he does not look like he's slowing down anytime soon. Uh, the next guy I got is Scooter Jeanette, who, much like Zach Kozart last year, is lighting the world on fire in Cincinnati. Uh, Scooter has 10 home runs on the year, batting over 350. And th- no one really saw this coming. Uh, the, the Reds are not a good baseball team; they're one of the worst in Major League Baseball. And he's hitting that middle lineup, and he's producing at an obscene rate.
2: He had a four-home run game last year. That kind of put him on the map. That was when he—that was when his season kind of turned around. His whole career really turned around because before that, he was, you know, a utility player.
3: Fair point. He's not a young guy either. He's—he's he's getting up into—he's almost thirty. So he's—he, you know, he's been here a while. He just exploded onto the scene.
0: All right, my fantasy hero. Uh, none other than the second baseman Javi Baez. This guy's been insane. He's got 13 homers. He leads the National League in RBIs. He's the third ranked second baseman in all ESPN fantasy leagues and he's just been absolutely incredible. I mean, he got drafted super low in and I know in our fantasy league and probably everybody else's fantasy league just cuz he was he was terrible in 2017. And uh, the difference is to me is that he's an everyday player now and especially so his he used to strike out a lot. In 2017, he struck out 28% of the time. This year, that's dropped down to 22%, which is just under the league average. So, Javi Baez fantasy hero for my team, absolutely because my team is, you know, we're only 5 and 3. We're not doing great. But uh, these fantasy heroes, don't discount them because when the, the league gets tough, these guys are going to be there for you. When your star guys like Bryce Harper is batting 230, Scooter Jeanette's going to be there for you to get hit a home run or something. So these fancy heroes, if they're in your league, you know maybe there's that one guy in your league who will just give them up for nothing because they don't know who they are. Go after them, trade them, your dirt players, and get them. We're going to be moving on now to our final segment of the show. Everybody's favorite segment, the power rankings. Now, the Major League Baseball comes out with power rankings every Tuesday. And they have their five best teams, which are either the hottest teams or the best teams in the league by record, ERA, however they want to do it. And we make our own power rankings, and we like to argue them because that's what we like to do. So the power rankings. Mark, who you got at number five?
2: Uh, I have the Nationals. They have been, you know, they're picking it up. They just, what are they, on a six-game winning streak, something like that? They might have just lost recently, but they... They've been hot. They took over first place for a day and then lost it. But, you know, eight and two in the last 10 Their their pitching staff's gonna that's their that's their shoehorn thing. That's what they got. You know, the Scherzer you can talk about him for hours. Strasburg's great. Roark and uh Geo. They they got they got four guys right there that can carry that staff into the into October.
3: Uh, number five, I have the Seattle Mariners who have not really moved uh, much since last week. They've been playing real well. Uh, Mitch Haniger again, Ryan Healy. Uh, they don't look like they're going to slow down. I personally think they're going to slow down, but they haven't yet. James Paxton. Felix Hernandez has had a 5 ERA at the beginning of the year. He's still around that area, but he's been pitching a lot better lately. So watch out for him. They made some trades in their bullpen, too. Uh, I I like the Mariners. I, again, I don't see them going too far in, into the playoffs, but I see them as a contender. I do.
0: How could you say the Mariners are a contender with only a 13 run differential? That's pitiful.
2: Also, I'm pretty sure early in the show you said they were a pretender.
3: Well, they're a pretender when it comes to the World Series, right? They're not. They're not going to win the World Series. I don't think they're going. They have that talent. They're a contender when it comes to making the playoffs. All they need to do is come in second in the division. They need to beat the Angels. And the AL, beside the Red Sox and Yanks, are obviously going to have one other wild card spot. The AL after that, it starts to get a little bit murky. Right? Because the, the AL Central has been pitiful. Exactly. And uh, so the AL West is really all they got to beat. So they have a chance at that second wild card spot. So I put them at five.
0: Uh, my number five, I got the Milwaukee Brewers. I have them dropping a spot for no particular reason other than a different team has done better than them. But, I mean, they still got the best bullpen. They're 8-2, and two, last 10. They got the sixth best ERA in the league. These guys are good. Uh, they are my number five.
2: I wonder who number four is for you. Then. Yeah,
0: number four. We're gonna go, we're gonna go right into it. The my favorite team, the Washington Nationals. Now, this is this is gonna be controversial for a few people, but let me lay down some numbers for you. The Washington Nationals have the seventh best record in Major League Baseball. You might be saying, well, that's not five. How could they be in your power rankings at number four? Well, let me tell you, they have the second best ERA. In the entire major leagues. First best DRA in the NL. Second only the Astros in the league. They're fifth in the entire league in home runs. And they're second in the entire league in batting average against. Now, I don't know. For the listeners at home that don't know, batting average against is how many hits the other team gets against your pitchers. And they're first in batting average against against the other team. They're disgusting. The Washington Nationals had a rough start. They lost Adam Eaton. They had a few injuries, but now they're back. The World Series favorites by Sports Illustrated and basically anybody else with a mind. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Washington Nationals, moving on. Joe?
3: Yeah, let's see the Nats get by one playoff series. I'd love to see it happen. Actually, I would hate to, but it's not going to happen anyways. Uh, number four, we got that brew crew. Uh, we already went over them. Uh, Fat-ass Matt Albers. But, uh, he, again, he's the fourth best pitcher out of that bullpen. Christian Yelich has been doing real well lately, too. What a big addition. And Lorenzo Cain. I mean, these, these guys are for real. They're, they're, every year, uh, you know, last year the Brewers came out of nowhere. This year people were a little bit more surprised about a uh, little bit more aware of the Brewers, but they're being even more surprising than that. So, I, I think the Brewers win that division. I think they take over the NL Central.
2: You guys are going to get a little – I'm sure this is going to get you guys tight. But four, after I had them number one last week, I have the Astros. They had a tough week. They played the they they their bullpen really disappointed me because you Ken Giles is not reliable and the Yankees exposed and the Indians exposed that bullpen. I mean, I I don't trust it. I I think their pitching staff's great, but in the postseason it's 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 a playoff. I mean, it's a bullpen kind of game. So I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. Beyond that, though, their last ten games they haven't been great. I think they're six and four. So I mean. I just think I think there are other teams that are playing better than them that can that will make that that made that leap this week.
0: You're a dumbass. <laughs> Moving on, number three, I have the New York Yankees in the same spot as I had them last week. I actually have my I have my top three is the same as last week, but the Yankees have been really good. Uh their offense has been really good, but I don't think they have been good enough to overtake the number two team yet. Not yet. Their run differential isn't great. Their bullpen or their bullpen and their starting rotation has been dropping a little bit. Their ERA has dropped a little bit. So I'm keeping them at three and no further.
3: Yeah, number three. Uh, gonna turn some heads, but I, I got the the Red Sox at number three. Uh, I just I'm we're watching right now the Red Sox go up against the Astros. Uh, the Astros seem to handle them a little bit better. Uh, I I don't know yet. We'll see. This, it's just the beginning of the weekend. But uh, I don't know. I, uh, the Mookie just went on the 10-day DL. Uh, that's a little bit of a big blow to them because besides J.D., you know, J.B.J. is hitting under 200. Uh, they, they got some question marks in the lineup, uh, and Hanley's gone. Again, you don't know how they're going to react to the clubhouse long term. I think they'll be okay, uh, but I, I have them at three. I, I think that there are two better teams in them right now.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I have the Brewers three because they've been on a tear lately, and they have – the the crazy thing is their record is actually better than the Astros. Do they have Josh Hader? They do have Josh Hader, and he is legit. Hader for Cy Young. I'm um, all the way on the bandwagon. But beyond that, eight and two in the last ten. Um, their offense is great. I I said it before. I think they're they're legit. They're they're very real.
0: Once again, you're a dumbass. All right, we're gonna finish off. I got uh, we'll do. Two and one. Uh, I got Houston Astros at two. They have the highest run differential, plus 125. Blow everybody out of the water by more than 40. They're great. And I got, you know, the Red Sox. They're one. They got the best record. They're 7-3 in their last ten. And they're great. Mark, who you got?
2: Um, I have, actually, the Red Sox, two, and the Yankees, one, because the Yankees, little tidbit here, have the least amount of losses in the MLB. So... They don't lose. They lose the least. They're the best team. Let's just put it that way. Their offense is the best. Cool. Their bullpen's good. Cool. Their starting rotation needs some work, but let's just be honest here. They're the Yankees. They're gonna get their. They're gonna get their guy. They're gonna trade for. I don't know. They'll probably get Cindergaard or DeGrom.
3: Yeah, bullshit. They'll get Cindergaard or DeGrom. I
2: myself. I can see it. I can see them trading for DeGrom. Why not? Mets Mets are in the shitter.
3: Nah, the well the Mets aren't in the shitter yet. They will be soon. Oh, okay. my God,
0: the shit. They are they're they're in the shitter. the
3: shitter. They aren't in the shitter soon. You see the shit falling out of the asshole. It's not in the toilet yet, all right? They'll be there soon. Number two and number one. Uh, I have the Strohs at number two, the Yanks at number one. I do. Uh, I agree with Mark. The Yanks just took two out of three from the Strohs, too, which really sold it for me. They looked real good in that series. Gary Sanchez, too, is only batting. Uh.
2: Let me just say, this is painful for us to all say. We, we all hate New York. The Yankees, terrible.
3: Oh, absolutely. 100% hate the New York Yankees. There's not a team that hates the New York Yankees more than we do. But, uh, yeah, I do have the Yanks at one. Uh, the Astros, again, the spin rate's out of this world. Uh, their bullpen is worse than the Yankees. Yep, Ken Giles is on the Astros. We're sure about that now. Their bullpen's worse than the Yankees, and the Yankees, again, Gary Sanchez is only batting two twenty, and they're still winning ball games, uh like crazy. So, yeah, uh, Astros two, Yanks one for me.
0: All right, we're moving on. Uh, I actually, that's that's all five segments. So um, <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so uh, wrapping up the show, we're doing it a little different this time. We're gonna have a one minute opinion by each of us. First opinion,
2: Mark. All right, so I'm in the car today. I'm driving to um, I gotta get a pass at the transfer station. I gotta drop off a mattress. I got garbage. My brother just moved back home. We're we're we're, we're kind of dealing. We got a lot of shit here. I'm in the car. I'm driving. I'm like, I need a song. I play Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Jesus. I will tell you what. After you get done with the show, listen to that song. It will change your life. I'm sure you've heard it before. I'm sure you've heard it a thousand times. You will sing every word to it. You will want to dance and you will want to be, you'll be dancing in the rain. Because you know what? The rest is still unwritten. That's
3: we'll, all I We'll say. do one better for you, Mark. We'll, we'll put it on the end of this podcast so they'll hear it.
2: There we go. There we go. Let's get that going. Stay
0: tuned for Natasha Benningfield. Joe?
3: Jesus Christ, Mark. All right. Uh, the one-minute opinion that I have is about the shift in baseball. I fucking hate this shift, man. I get it. It's very smart. I, I just fucking hate it. I don't understand how these major league hitters can't take the ball the other way. It doesn't really make any sense to me how they struggle so much doing that. When they see that... There's an infielder on second base. Is the closest infielder on the left side? Uh, Take the ball the other way, guys. But you know, again, it just ruins baseball. It's it's smart analytics. Exactly, bunt. You could bunt too, but it's smart to do it. And I get why teams do it. I just hate it. Again, people like Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, they did not have to handle this bullshit shift where oh, analytics are going to be this way. And I hate the shift. I hate that we have to have it in the game of baseball because people got smarter. Please, people, get dumber again and get rid of the shift. Deadball era. Buster only likes the shift. (laughs) Write that down. I hate Buster only. Tim Kirchner, you're okay with me. Just, you know, not a Buster only guy. Sorry. All right. I think that was a little more than a minute, and
0: Buster only hate. I don't know how you like Tim Kershin, but my one minute opinion. I don't even know how I top those two. I was just gonna talk about replay times. I I think the replay takes too long. That's that's all I got. It takes too fucking long. Yeah, there's a play at second base, and every fucking manager comes out in the top step and holding his dick, and he's like, "Everyone, hold on, hold on." And then they, and when they finally decide to do it. It takes another like 10 minutes for them to decide. Just fucking make it, make it faster.
2: You think the man had a replay?
0: No. <laughs> All right. That's the second episode. If you enjoyed the show, click that subscribe button. You could also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CaughtLookingPod. And if you really enjoyed the show, you could leave us five stars in the comments section. And also, you could let us know how we did.